Is this Jayla? Yes, it is. This is Brianna. I'm running Hello. a little late. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, no, you're all good. No worries. No, no worries at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's Friday, so you are not, what are you, are you working or? No, I'm off today. I'm actually, right now I have my equine masseuse here working on horses, so I'm just hanging out watching. (laughs) So, okay, no, this is awesome then. Okay, so um, I want to know, I would like to know a little bit of kind of what all it takes for you to keep, let's take you out of it, but your horses, to keep your horses in the shape that you keep them in to run as much as you run and as much as you show? I mean, on average, how many shows do you think you go to during a season? Oh, gosh. Um, a bunch. Um, we usually, like, since we have we have a lot of young horses, too, so we'll try to hit um, a lot of barrel races a lot during the year. Um, so, like, in the winter times, we go to a lot of barrel races. Probably, honestly, this time of year, it's really hard because mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on. No one wants to deal with the cold, and I, I mean, we don't either, but, right. <laughs> of course. But during the summer, we're constantly going. Like, we're, we're going probably to three, four shows in one week sometimes. Like, we're always on the road. So, it does take a lot. Um, that is I a have, lot. Yes, I have an equine masseuse that comes out once a week and works on um, the horses that go really hard with me, um, and especially our young ones, too, since they're, like, learning the ropes and learning how to move their body and where their legs are. Um, so they get, we massage them once a week. And, you know, I have one mare that has to get taped, like KT tape down her back and stuff. Um, it just takes a lot. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's crazy because I know they do it on humans, but I didn't even know they did that on horses until the last, like, year-ish. Yes, he loved her KT tape. Absolutely loves it. Um, um, She gets her back and then down both of her hamstrings taped. Um, She had kissing spine, and so she had kissing spine surgery before. I actually bought her this fall. Um, I've been running her from for a friend since January of last year, and I ended up talking him into finally selling her to me, so I got her bought. Um, But she had had a kissing spine surgery. It was kind of just botched. Like, it didn't heal very well. Um, it, just, it just didn't really do a great job. Uh, I don't know if her rehab was really that great um, coming back from the surgery either. She just uh, she just didn't heal really pretty. So she had some, like, buildup of scar tissue and stuff like that. So that really helps her just kind of support her back. Um, and, of course, I do exercises during the week and stuff like that that help build up those back muscles, too. Um, but that KT tape, KT tape has been a game changer, truly. I did not, like, I happen to see that. I mean, I, like I just told you, I've done it before. Well, I didn't do it. I did it wrong. Somebody else did it on my knee, and I was like, I didn't quite understand it, but I saw it on Facebook once on a horse, and I was like, shut up. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I know. It's, cool, a, it's crazy. <laughs> Now, you do um, equine dentistry. You do that. My husband you... does. Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. But you guys are a team. I mean, you guys. Yes. I travel with him everywhere usually um, just because he has some clients that, like, don't have a barn or stalls or something like that. So, um, he can't hang. So, like, what they call it, like, it's called a hanging halter. So, mm-hmm. it looks like a normal halter, but it's a little bigger around the mouth area. And it has a usually, like, a little piece of, like, rubber tubing on the chin. And I'll throw it up over, like, a rafter or the front side of a stall and pull their head up. So that holds, supports their head up while he is 
floating their teeth. Um, but And so if they don't have a barn or anything like that, then I have to help them because you have to use what's just called a stand. So yeah. makes my job a little harder. I like them when they have the barns and I can just stand back and watch. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the only thing that you guys do. I mean, you don't you make these mule tape cultures, which are amazing. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> but you guys don't just float teeth. You do all kinds of stuff with equine dentistry. Yes, yes. So he does um, he does equine dentistry, and we actually. Recently, or a little earlier this year, we bought a um, a PEMS blanket. So it's called a Respond Systems Incorporated blanket, and um, it it just really helps like therapy their body, keep those muscles nice and like soft, and um, and just really helps them recover after like a really hard weekend. Or we like our rodeo horses and stuff. We do it on them about every other day, um, just to keep them there, you know, and just. Yeah, no soreness, nothing like that. So that really helps too, um, and we offer that to clients as well. So yeah, keep the. Have you always here. been a believer in this kind of extra? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I re- I remember being really young. My parents have always been great. We grew up. I came from a rodeo family. Um, mm-hmm. I have an older sister that runs barrels and stuff, and now she trains a little bit. And then I have um, oh, cool. my mom. Yeah, my mom's parents. They raised a lot of cattle, so she grew up in the ranching industry and stuff like that. They had a cow calf operation um, and then kind of transformed over to the dairy side of it. Um, and so once I kind of got... Yeah, so my mom ended up finally, once she got all her kids raised, she's finally going down and running barrels now, so that's awesome for oh, her, cool. too. Yes, I love watching that. Um, but yeah, I came from a really, like, equine and rodeo-based family, so... We kind of have always done that little extra step. Now, of course, like, I remember even, like, 10 years ago, I'm a teenager in, you know, junior high, high school. You know, back then it was, like, injections were kind of hush-hush. Like, getting Lasix before a run was kind of hush-hush. Like, people would really judge, like, if you have to do that to a horse, they need to be retired. But in all reality... We were, everyone was just ignorant about it. You know, no one just, no one knew what, what was best for the horse really at that time. Um, so I think you're right. I think the more people learn about it, mm-hmm. it makes more sense instead of what you just said. Like, cause you're right. Back then it was like kind of hush hush. You're like, I don't, you know, I don't yeah. say that, you know, not that exactly. it was bad, but no, I mean, it was, it was super beneficial for the horse, but. People didn't see that. All they saw was, oh, my yeah. gosh, you're having to give your horse a so- shot before the run. Oh, my gosh, you're having to give joint injections, you know. Um, it was just such a hush-hush thing that the winners were doing it. Like, the girls that were in the pros, they were doing all that stuff. But the little guys like us, we weren't doing a lot of that stuff because it was so hush-hush. And because, I mean, if someone saw you doing that, oh, gosh, the world was ending, you know. Right, so, right. So we did, I mean, even back then, I always say now that I wish I knew then what I do now about how it, what it takes to take care of a horse because I had so many really, really good ones when I was young, and I just imagine how much better they could have been now, you know? Uh, yeah. And, you know, and so I'm like, that's what's crazy is they were winners back then, but just imagine how even how much more they could have won if they could have had the care that you know, my horses are getting right now, like the the masseuse I'm watching 
working on my horse hamstring right now, you know, so. Yeah, no, I 110% agree because we, like when I was showing, I had a mare, we tried to do the whole breeding thing and all that kind of stuff. And this was back in the, I was young, this is in the 90s. And I think about the same thing that you just said, all of the reproductive technology that's available now, like, mm-hmm. that, I mean, like, I probably could have had a foal if we would have had that technology back then. But you didn't have yeah. it. And it's crazy to see how much this stuff has just grown everywhere exactly. all of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. It is awesome for us horse owners and stuff like that. It's just, it's crazy to look back and just imagine how much nicer things could have been, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because, you know, and some people kind of look at it like, okay, well, how did we make it back then? Right. Without that stuff. And then, like what you said, different perspective, you know, imagine what we could have done. But I guess that's the whole this part of life, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, do you only do barrels? Is that it? Or do you do any, do you kind of dabble in any of the other stuff at all? So, when I was younger, I actually team roped a bunch. I was, I headed a lot. Um, I had a lot of good friends that were team ropers too. And my cousins were, I had, the only cousin that was around my age growing up, he, that's all they did was rope and team rope. And I obviously loved going over there and hanging out with them. And so, yeah. they got me into the team roping and stuff. And so I headed a lot of steers in high school and a little bit in college, cool. and I breakawayed. I wasn't, I mean, I'm not going to say I was even decent at breakaway, but I could head some steers pretty well. Um, <laughs> but uh, it looks honestly, easy, but it's not. No, it's not. So kudos to those girls that can go do it. I'm not one of them. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of good rope horses in my life, and uh, they just, they usually learn how to run barrels. So... <laughs> Oh, well, it's oh, like, yeah. what's this big old ordeal with having breakaway in the NFR? I mean, like, because that's the only thing I saw, especially this last NFR. Yes, yes. So, that's all I saw everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something. Those girls freaking deserve it. They got to go just as hard as heck the barrels and the bull riders and stuff like that. Yeah. They, go to, they go just as hard. So, And their, their uh, round pay is. A, like a fraction of what the round pay is at the NFR for their national finals, which kind of sucks for them, but it'll get there. That I think, does suck. Yeah. I mean, because it's just as much of a sport as the rest of it. I mean, like, it's not very easy to no. – I've seen some of them girls work, and I'm like, holy crap. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I, I kind of quit going, like, and roping and stuff and because – it's a lot easier to not have to feed calves and steers and stuff through the winter than it is to make sure and to keep track of your horses, make sure they look good, feel good, or going good than it is for barrels. So I'll stick to just taking care of one one animal instead of instead of all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw a meme on Facebook a while back about which I don't do either one of them. That's why I'm like all interested <laughs> in it. But um, I, we I went slow for no reason. I grew up doing pleasure, so yeah. um <laughs> So I saw a meme a while back about uh, it showed two it showed two people it showed it showed two guys it showed one dude mm-hmm. that was like not overweight, but he wasn't in, in shape. And then it showed yeah. another dude that was in shape. And it was like, this is the difference between a barrel horse and a rope and yeah. <laughs> You know, I have, I won't, I won't disagree with that a lot of times. <laughs> but the rope and horses still work just as hard, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do. They're really tough. They're real tough horses. So, yeah, yeah, we have a, we have some family, my husband's actually, his cousins and stuff, they do a lot of rope and steel and his, uh, the, he calls him his uncle, but it's just because of the age gap. But it's actually his cousin. He uh, 
steer trips. And those dang horses will be as round as a sinking barrel and still go out there and do their job every single time, work their butts off. And I'm like, my barrel horses, if I don't ride them for a week, they're bucking me off. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> I always get the guys that, uh, the ones that, you know, they are sitting in the team rope and pin. They don't mind. The steer runs underneath their horse. The horse pulls back and they got to make sure that halter holds. And that's the bell. That's the first thing they ask me. Now, your halters aren't going to break if the horse pulls back, will it? I'm like, well, that's the plan. We don't want them to bust if they pull back. So right. <laughs> I always tell them, now, I'm not going to say they're not going to bust if you have, like, you know, if they're laying back like a mat truck and, and, you know, the whole wreck goes on. I'm not going to say that they're not just indestructible, but the whole plan of them and the whole uh, reason to buy them, you'll take it so they don't break really easy. So. Right. Yeah, no, you should just say something sarcastic, like, you know what it is, it's going to bust, you just it's don't, just, don't even worry about it. It's going to explode. <laughs> What's that joke, or who was it? Um, God, it was this comedian that used to be around, I can't remember his name, but I'll never forget it. It was one where, like, he had a flat tire, and they're filming him, and this dude comes around, and he goes, you got a flat tire, and he looks at him, he goes, no, the other three just swelled right up on me. <laughs> That's a good one. I gotta start using that now. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, when they funny. ask you if it's gonna break, just be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm yeah. making this just so they'll break. <laughs> that's that's the whole purpose of them is the buck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safety feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that people get into arguments about that whole ordeal. I had um I had a horse that didn't. She pulled back, but it was very intermittent. It was really weird. You could sense when you were gonna do it, and mm-hmm. um, but. It, she, it was older. It, we were used to hurt. Not that big of a deal. Right. Um, and they, they, I mean, they'll hurt those. They'll, they will hurt themselves. Um, some of the oh, halters God. are absolutely indestructible and they mm-hmm. will hurt themselves. And you've got to have a knife on you or something like that. Or, you know, you can end up, it could be a bad ordeal. Yeah. And I remember yeah. this one lady, she, um, she had a halter and the horse was tied up to uh, the side of a horse trailer and the horse started sitting back and just was fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and they ended up having to um, cut the halter off. Yeah, yeah. And I actually saw that probably just a few months ago at a barrel race. I'm like, probably six trailers down, this horse is just flopping, pulling back. And I mean, putting everything he has on the back of his lead rope. And, you know, everyone's hooping, hollering, screaming, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, he's pulling back, whoa, whoa. And all I'm doing is digging through the truck. I'm like, where the heck's the knife? Because y'all are about to get into a wreck that you can't fix right here. So I, uh, right. you know, I see all these people standing around, these the ran- you know, the ranchy dads, they're standing back just looking like these barrel horses, you know. And uh, I just start hollering, cut the lead rope. Like, you got to cut the lead rope. Just Get your pocket knife. I can see a knife in your belt. Cut it. And they, yeah. they kind of like, and all of a sudden, that you can kind of like see them like jerk to attention like, oh, oh, gosh, yeah, I should do that. And then yeah. they go just walking over there. I'm like, goodness, come on, get on your feet. Let's go. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, some of it's like common sense. Like you would think it would be common sense, horse safety. Yeah. Like what was that one article I saw on Facebook about how people leave their halters hung up? Oh, and, um, man. Yeah, if you've got, which we we were told never, and we never let our horses out with a halter on. We were always no. told, do not let them out with a halter on, no matter where you are, what it is, because 
those things are indestructible. Like, mm-hmm. actually, I mean, like they are, you know, it, they don't break oh, yeah. very easily. And a horse can kill himself if they get hung uh-huh. up on something like that. So it I always amazes me. Yeah. Go ahead. I've seen no, a lot of those fine. pictures, like, online and stuff where you see, like, yeah. Oh, I've seen a few actually on Facebook where, like, the horse's back shoe is through the halter or, it's, or the halter's wrapped around a yes. post and the horse has died. I'm like, oh, gosh, that makes me sick. That's sad. It's like it is. you would think that would have been a common sense thing. Like, right, right. Because that was something that was, like, drilled into my mind, like, into my brain. Like, you do not turn your horse out with a halter on. I don't care where you are, what you're doing. They mm-hmm. don't get turned out with that. And some people don't think about that. So, no. Uh, what are your plans for this coming year? I mean, you're already you're already going to be showing now in January, but you've yes. got a pretty big schedule set up for 2024, right? Yes, ma'am. And you got so, the AFR. Yes, yep. So I'm excited about that. Um, yep, it's my first year, so this is actually my rookie year going in. Um, cool. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, I'm second in the rookie right now. Uh, Really nice girl with a good family named Bailey. She's uh, winning the rookie at the AFR at the ACRA Rodeo. So um, kudos to them. They're really good, uh, good people. So, but yeah, going in this first year, I actually had a really good friend named Allie Toons. She asked me if uh, she called me in December of 2021. No, 20. Goodness, what year? 2022. Sorry, I was like, I don't even remember what year it is. And, I feel uh, like they're running together too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And she, so she called me in December of 22 and asked if I wanted to take her two good horses, they're really good, um, and run them this summer and stuff and get them back going for because she hadn't ran them in like a year and a half or so. So uh, she had had a baby and so just kind of living the mom life for a while. So things got yeah. busy and horses weren't weren't the priority anymore, but she wanted, she wants to get back into it. So I was like, absolutely, let's do it. I'll, I'll get them back to running. So. I ran Money is in Firewater, which we call him Benny. He's a big Palomino gelding. And then um, Jet is the buckskin mare. And I ended up buying Jet this fall. But Benny's just like the good old boy. He goes out there and makes the same run every time. Like, if it's muddy, that's his type of that's his type of ground. Like, the muddier, the better. The louder the crowd, the better. The brighter the lights, the better for him. Jet's more like, I like the pampered ground. I like the quiet bleachers, the quiet music. Dim the lights a bit, please. Um, so That's crazy nice. how much different they are. Yes, they were. They are kind of like polar opposites. Um, so it's been fun, kind of getting to figure out what horse to run where. What I mean, and rodeo is hard. Like honestly, truly, kudos to the pro girls that go super hard all year long, all over, because. You know, I stayed within, like, the four states, and it was hard. Keeping a horse sound for, for rodeo is hard. Like, I'd gone to just big barrel races and super shows for so long because the last time I'd really rodeoed was college rodeo. And, you know, there's only so many of those per semester. So you're really not going that hard. So I was just barrel racing a lot. Yeah. And so this year was the first year I'd gone back kind of back to rodeoing and stuff with these horses, and I was like, Dang, this takes a lot to keep these suckers sound, that's for sure. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, I have a big, big schedule coming up. So, um, well, I'm and then the time, the time management also yes. is an aspect to it too. I yes. mean, like, cause you're only one person, there's only 24 hours in a day and there takes exactly. X amount of time to get to where 
wherever each one is. And you said that you are four states, so you travel. Yeah, Texas so we're usually. Yeah, so we're usually in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, and Texas a lot. So. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the the ACRA rodeos um, are most of the ones I went to were Oklahoma and Arkansas, and a few in Missouri. Um, but of course, we go to super shows and stuff like that in Texas and kind of all over. Really, we really we're uh, planning on going up to. I went to one in Cheyenne and um, or over in Cheyenne, during Cheyenne, the Frontier Days Rodeo. Went to one over that direction in um, 21, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping to kind of venture over that way again this year. And I'd really like to shoot up to Canada. We have some buddies over there. Um, are up there so I'd like to shoot up there sometime this summer and maybe go to a few rodeos and barrel races up there and see see what that's kind of cool yeah yeah we're excited but because they have that um I'm gonna say it wrong score scourging scourging where it's like skiing with the horse in the road yeah yeah scourging. I'm thinking I'm <laughs> yeah. saying it wrong I think that's I don't know I think that's right but yeah I've seen a lot of those videos that's crazy yeah, yeah, that's cool. But no, it's happening. And I didn't know that Missouri had as much action going on in it as, I feel like I've always been like living under a rock, I guess, my whole life. But I'm like, you know, when people say Missouri and Arkansas with horses and stuff right next to Texas, you're always like, huh? They got stuff going on, you know? Right. But they get shadowed a little bit. Sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm originally from southwest Missouri. So I kind of at least, at least grew up knowing a little bit about it, but they definitely yeah. don't have as much going on over there as as Texas or even Oklahoma really like um you've kinda you kinda gotta search for it a little bit more in yeah. Missouri. You know? Yeah. yeah. So well what made you sure. want to move to Oklahoma from Missouri? I mean, is that because you got married or for your yeah. career or for- Yeah, no, just because I followed him here. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he uh we've joked about it. He's like, I am not living in Missouri. There's no way. And so my, my, yeah, all the time. Yeah, and then him and my Holland partner, uh, Lauren Ross, I call it, we call her Biscuit. And she was my husband's best friend all through school. So she still, she's, they're just as good as buddies. Well, I think uh, I've kind of become more of her buddy than he is now. I think he gets a little jealous, but, oh, um, yeah, she was like his sister growing up. So, uh, oh, they always joke, like, they always joke. Oh my gosh, we're going to Missouri. Oh, I hate this place. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm a product of Missouri, right here in the truck too, guys. Thank you. Like, yeah, like hello, <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Missouri. So exactly, I always joke. I'm like, uh, hello, the greatest thing comes from Missouri. I don't know what y'all Oklahomans are talking about right now. <laughs> well, he probably has more opportunity for the business. You guys probably have more opportunity for the business in Oklahoma oh, for here sure. to Missouri. But, you know, I get it. Yeah. Yes, for sure. That's a, that's a big move. Yes, it was. And thankfully, my parents really aren't that far away. So if I want to go visit them or my nieces and nephews and stuff, it's just it's about two and a half hours. I just jump in the truck and go see them. So it's not. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not bad at all. No, it's not bad at all. I always tell them that where I lived is not any different than where we live right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a state line, man. Exactly. Literally, you're just heading right across the state line. So they but just people like are funny about that. I don't know about over where you are, but like over here, people are getting funny about county lines and certain lines and stuff. Oh, They'll get yeah. serious about it. Like, no, you ain't from here. You're from there. Whatever. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. I was like, that's the same place. I don't, I'm not understanding this argument here. Right. It's in the right. same state. I'm confused. So what, um, when it comes to rodeoing, um, what are kind of, do you have any like rituals or do you have any like certain, you know how people are superficial about certain uh-huh. things or mm-hmm. like, do you have a particular thing you wear, a particular thing you do every time before you ride or no, you just go out there and you just. So I am not like a super superstitious person, but one thing I do always have to do is I put an odd number of braids in my horse's mane and I don't know where it started. I don't know why, but really? Yes. An odd number every time. And I am very much an even numbered person. Like very much. I used to be like that weird, like little kid that like in between each crack in the sidewalk, I'd have to take an even number of steps. I'd like stutter steps to make sure, you know, uh, I was that little weird kid, but like every, all the time, everything was even. And now I don't know what it is, but I have got to have an odd number of braids in my horse's mane. It's either five, seven or nine, depending on what horse I'm on that we have. That's what it is. Five, seven or nine, depending on the thickness, it has to be. And if it's not, like if, if someone else is like, if I'm away from the trailer, like, hey, I'm going to run to the restroom, and someone tries to braid my horse's mane, I will yeah. take it out and braid it back so there's an odd number in their mane. I'm glad I'm not the only one that gets serious about certain I'm things. I'm like, because I'm telling no. you, it's, some stuff is weird. Like, you have to do it. Exactly. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't touch that. And then another thing that other people cannot do for me is my flint boots. Like, I'm very oh. particular. They cannot put them on for me. And I haul with, like, my husband and my traveling partner, Lauren, they are both very knowledgeable when it comes to horses. We do things very similar, like, very similar people in a sense of, you know, horse care and what it takes, like, tacking them up and what it takes. Like, just, we think very similarly. So, but I'm still like, no, 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 no. You can throw my saddle on them. You can get them ready other than that. But don't touch my flint boots or my mane because I'll do that. (laughs) It's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? I get yeah. it, though. I mean, I get it. You, yeah. It's a weird yeah. feeling if somebody was to do it for you. It is. It is. <laughs> but, yeah, that. And then, of course, every time before I really go in the arena, I say a quick prayer, just keep my horse and I safe and let us just do the best. Don't, you know, I always always kind of throw it in there. I won't mind to win a check, but but it's up to you, you know. You got to cover it. But, it wouldn't, you know, I kind of look I wouldn't really... I wouldn't mind if I went home with a little money today. Just saying, Lord, you know, come on now. We're just throwing this out there. If you want yeah, yeah, just, some I, money. Just in case you forgot, you know, you didn't realize this was about money. But, like, hey, it would be nice. But, <laughs> just, yeah. take, just throwing that out there. I'll take yeah. it if you give it to me. <laughs> exactly. So I always throw that in the prayer. But I'm like, but, of course, it's up to you. Like, you decide. You make You make the decision. But I really won't mind to take home some cash. Really? What is the biggest, you don't have to give an amount, but what's like the biggest race that you've done or in your career that you were just kind of like, you know, because, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, when you really prepare for something, you really get excited about something, you go and do it, it's more of a letdown compared to sometimes you'll have this just random off-the-wall run and it ends up being one of your best things. You wasn't even supposed to be there right. type thing, you know? Right. Yeah. What's probably your best one that you can to date? The one that I didn't come home throwing my sucker in the dirt <laughs> after spending money. Um, honestly, <laughs> I had a really, really good, really good just week at BBR finals. So Better Barrel Races finals that's held um, in Oklahoma City. Their finals. That's a, a really big. That's a big yeah, event. 
Yes, I had a really good week there. Won several checks on Jet, the mare that I ended up buying. Um, really good week. She was just super strong that week, and so I, I came back kind of with my held, you know, head held high, and I was pretty excited about that. And um, I did pretty well at the Patriot in in uh, Texas too earlier in 2023. I think it was like early March or something. So that mm-hmm. one was nice too. That's a big show too. So. Those two were probably this year were probably at the super shows, the ones that I kind of, you know, put my chin up a little bit when I, when I was yeah. driving the truck back home. So. They're like, yeah. I got you now. They're yeah. Like, uh-huh. What now? Exactly. Now it didn't mean that I didn't go hit a barrel every run the next week, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> you know, horses are funny because even with the timed events, like with me with pleasure, you know, I was telling somebody. Like, you're literally judged by somebody with their own brain. I mean, like, you could go to a yeah. show and they hate you and there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, exactly. like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's, so, that's hard because thankfully, like, in barrels, I'm running against the clock. Like, it doesn't matter if it's pretty. Like, of course, everyone wants, you want your run to be pretty and smooth yeah. and fast, you know, and fast, but. I'm not, someone's not judging me by if I flop around like a monkey this run, I'm just not riding real sharp, or if my horse is just kind of off in la-la land this weekend, like, but if it clocks, it clocks. You know, you're winning the check regardless. Right. No, I mean, neither one is harder or easier than the other. I mean, still, like, you know, you're still working with a thousand-pound animal when it comes to rodeo and barrel racing and stuff. I mean, you have no idea. You could have everything in place, horse looking good blah, 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 get there mm-hmm. to the show, pull them off the trailer, and next thing you know, they've got a limp for some reason. Yes. Or, oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. you know, you, you can't control that. No. No. They, yeah, they step weird in the trailer, and they come out, and they're three-legged almost. And you're like, what in the world? Yeah. 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 You really never know, and that's what that's what's so stinking hard about it. And This summer has really honestly kind of been eye-opening for me to realize how much harder it is to rodeo versus going to barrel races because you're not on the really pampered ground. You're not – I mean, you're on – Well, hold on. So what's the difference? What do you mean when you say that, like, as far as rodeo? Because are rodeo – barrel races at rodeo different than, like, you traveling to just a jackpot or a specific barrel race? So – at barrel races, just like jackpots and stuff, they are going to pay more holes, which is obviously nice. Like, they're going to have 1D, 2D, 3D, and 4D, sometimes 5. So that's nice because there's more opportunities to win a check, to fall into a D, is what we call it. So, but then, at, and, and their ground's usually good because the big barrel races, big jackpots, they want people from all over to come and compete and do well. So they keep coming and competing every year after year. Where you go to these rodeos, some of these are like fairgrounds or roundup clubs that have not been touched since last year when they had this rodeo. So you're pulling in, and there's grass growing in the arena, you know. So there's sometimes you're running on stuff that you might as well just be running on an on a ice rink, you know, because it's just, it's just terrible. And so the you have to have, like the horses this summer, I just focused on making sure that they were in the absolute best shape that I could possibly get them in. Because if we did have a slip, if we did trip, if we did, you know, stumble a lot or fall down or whatever, then their body could, their, their muscle could recover a lot faster from a slip or a fall or something like that. Because going to barracks all year, you have them in tip top shape, obviously. 
But having right. to run on just crappy ground, they have to be in phenomenal shape, above and beyond anything I had ever done, really. And you just have to I really can see exactly what you're muscles. saying. Yeah. And it's like, it was very eye-opening to me this summer to see that. Because I was like, dang, it takes a lot to keep, you know, these a lot of money, a lot of care to keep these barrel horses sound. And then when I went started rodeoing, I hadn't in so long. And even when I did, I was youth rodeoing, so still kind of ignorant and stuff about, you know, you know, like I said, it was all hidden back then. Yeah. So this summer, it was just like, I was kind of just shocked. Like, wow, nope, this is what it takes to keep a horse sound and to keep a horse feeling good and looking good while you're traveling hours at a time, you know. So, well, then, I mean, keeping them pampered. Well, I guess pampered. Yeah. Really, well, that might be the no, right Yeah, that's, that's what we do. We just pamper them and try to wrap them in bubble wrap. So, well, no, I mean, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe, or, well, for some horses, well, pampered's the wrong word. I think maybe keeping them, like what you said, in tip-top shape to be mm-hmm. able to handle worst conditions yeah is exactly what you want because when you do yep. pamper them and you don't let them i don't want to say get hurt but you don't keep them in the shape they need to be for worst mm-hmm. conditions you know what i'm saying yep. you end up yeah yeah having more problems yes it does for sure and that was that was one thing i've uh like i said this summer was just really eye-opening about what it truly takes to keep a horse down because you know I had a few a few slips this summer, you know, stumbles or almost fall down and stuff like that during some runs, and my horses came out not limping, and so that was that was a relief to me because I knew that I had done everything I could have possibly done leading up to that to make sure that their muscles were okay to take a little bit of strain on them when they go to fall down or something like that, you know, so they came out and were like, ooh, I'm a little sore, you know, the next day they'd be a little sore, so I'd I do our, our blanket on them and some therapies and stuff like that. And just and I'd have our massage guy come out. And so that has really, really been a game changer. It's just making sure you have the right therapy products on hand and making mm-hmm. sure they're in tip-top condition. And honestly, I use a lot of the complete equine performance supplements for my horses. And mm-hmm. that has that has really helped too. Just because I've been able, I use what's called revamp. So it's kind of like a, it's an all natural, just kind of muscle relaxer. So after every mm-hmm. run, they get that. The days they're sore, they get that. Like, that has, it has really, really There's helped. a lung supplement. I might be saying this wrong, that they have that I saw rave reviews on. Um, uh, CEP? Like what's it called? They have the Complete Equine Performance. They have a daily lung. That might be it because somebody was asking. I'm I'm in like these groups, and every now and then mm-hmm. I'll get a chance to like hop on and scroll. And somebody yeah. was asking something about um, in the, this barrel racing group about what was the best thing for you know um, th- before they went to Lasix, they wanted to maybe consider a supplement or something of right. something else right. to help before they went that route. And everybody and their brother was recommending that CE yes. lung or whatever it is. So yes, it, it's a great it looks it's a like great it product. Yep, all yeah, all my horses that run are on it for sure. And then everybody that I have here doesn't matter if it's an outside horse that I'll have for two weeks. They're on um, the gut check that they have, so it's a it's a gut supplement helps balance pH and stuff like that. So all, everything I have, brood mares and babies, they're all on the gut supplement. And um, now do they have, sponsor you? <laughs> so <laughs> I am. I'm technically on their like sponsored rider list, um, but. I've sent a lot of horses over there for to swim because they have a big therapy therapy barn. So, oh, cool! Yes, yep. So they can swim them. They'll put them under solarium lights. They'll be there. They have a salt water spa. 
um, they they do a fantastic job. So I had used their products for years, mm-hmm. and then about halfway through, um, I think it really was like about in July or something, mm-hmm. I called them and was like, hey, I've been using your products for four years. Can I get on your sponsored team? And Brooklyn, who's the woman that owns it, her and her dad do, they do a fantastic job, love them to death, good people. The Brooklyn was like, yes, let's get you on here. Let's do it. So, um, well, that's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it was nice because I, I had used them for years and knew, and I, and I knew their products worked and it worked in my yeah. program and our program and <laughs> helped my horses a ton. So I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to call her. <laughs> Why not? So, yeah, exactly. I was like, the, the worst she can say is no, and then I'll just call her in January again. So, yeah. I, well, yeah. no, I agree. Asking is better to know. It's better to have a no after asking if you get a no than it is to never ask. So exactly. It's like I ask one time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's like Outlaw Equine. I think they have like a swim therapy yes. barn. Yeah, they have. And they I also... believe they have a big therapy barn there as well. Yeah, I have a yeah. few friends that have taken some horses down there. I never have, but I have some people that are in based in Texas that have gone yeah. over there much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably a location thing too to be able to get yeah. to where oh, you yeah, got to go. Sure. <laughs> and um, they have these travel salt water. Well, I don't know if they're all salt water, but I've seen these travel spas. And yes. people take them and stuff like that. And yes. I didn't realize how therapeutic that this apparently is. I mean, what does it do? Does it just help? It just kind of helps pull out just all soreness and inflammation and stuff like that. Yep. Which is really kind of nice. like if the um, human works out, you want to be able to calm your body back down. Yep. And exactly. Yep. And so there's a lot of these big traveling trailers too that have like cryotherapy. What is that? So, cryotherapy. So it like is like really really cool cold and i'm okay if anyone that does cryotherapy is listening to this podcast don't judge if i get this wrong so i'm gonna um, have to google this too because i don't even yeah. know so we've had it done on our horses a few times by like uh just by a, a person coming out and doing it that owns it so yeah. it's called they do it like precision cryotherapy is one of the companies so and they have this like little machine and it shoots out really cold like air it kind of looks like steam um yeah i'm looking at it right now i'm reading about it they run it over like your horse's entire body um yeah so uh we've had a mare get it done and they uh she i mean she stood there and like licked and chewed and yawned and sighed and she loved it and it's just supposed to like relieve a lot of the pain they have or and like helps reduce some inflammation and swelling, um, and they say it like helps increase recovery times and stuff like that. So we've done that on a, a few of our horses at some of like the bigger shows. Like my husband had it done on a horse that he was running at the Oklahoma Shootout this summer. So um, we've kind of we we weren't really familiar with it, but there are some trailers that come and they can do like yeah. the whole body or something at one time. So it's not somebody with just like a little handheld wand like this yeah. whole thing you walk them up in there and the whole thing is it looks like it's blowing up it's just covered in like steam and stuff but it is pretty dang cool and it it helped that mare a lot she was one that just really kind of stays hot and stays like on the muscle a lot so she's really tense all the time and it helped her a ton she just she was really nervous in those stalls at Oklahoma City they're they're kind of they are kind of scary it's really loud in those barns and mm-hmm. they're concrete stalls you can't see anybody so, and she's just a more nervous horse. It was an outside mare we had for a really good friend. And um, 
so she was just muscles were always tight she was blocked she was just holding in a lot of anxiety so that was making her sore um she worked really good during her first run and so we wanted to make sure you know we kept her kept her feeling good so we had that cryotherapy done and man that that was phenomenal to see the difference was just crazy I'm reading it right now, and it says it has a more higher success rate for rehabilitating, you know, like for joints and um, arthritis and all that kind of good stuff. That's crazy. Yes, and I've seen it a lot done. Um, I have a girl that I kind of junior rodeoed with and college rodeoed with. Her name's Bree Malden. She does it, cryotherapy. And I've seen her work on, like, um, I've seen her work on a lot of people. So she'll work on, like, their hips and their backs and yeah. knees after knee surgeries and stuff like that and I mean they go from like barely being able to walk to being able to skip you know after a session which yeah. is great well that's just like you see those cold water plunges where people have been doing like you know what I'm saying like they get yeah. the not the bath it's not a bath but you, like you sit in the cold water for x amount of time and the benefits yeah. that are coming from it I can see how it's probably one and the same in relation to that because yeah. A lot of people have started doing that for themselves. If it's good for the human, it's got to be good for the horse, right? I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> you would think. Exactly. That's why I'm kind of, it's kind of weird, but I always like to kind of try something before I do it on my horses, especially. Um, like even some supplements. Like I'll, I'll like put like a dab on the tip of my tongue because if it makes me feel all out of whack and weird, I don't, I don't want to give it to my horses. So just about, all of the CEP products I've definitely put into my mouth before I put it in there just to make sure. So I'm like, no way. <laughs> I have for sure. Um, yeah. So like their muscle relaxer I have tried. I have a really, really, I have a, a back that stays really, really tight. And uh-huh. so I have taken their muscle relaxer a few times. If I'm like at a rodeo and I can't hardly move, I'll, I'll squirt a little bit of that out of the syringe in my mouth. Um, I've tried what they call their gear down. So it's supposed to just kind of, Take the edge off, calm them down, help them focus a little bit. I've tried that. It does work on humans as well. Um, and then I have tried their gut gut check before as well. I actually know a few people that have a horse bottle of gut check and have a human bottle of gut check in their house, and they just take a shot of it every day. I'm like, I don't quite go that far, but I have tried it. So. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. You yeah. know what? I can't judge you because, honestly, if you think about it, it's almost like, okay, well, if we can feed this to an animal, why couldn't we? Exactly. And that's my I thing. Mean, it's like, I want to make sure. Well, and one, if you're if you're eating some every day or you're having to take something after every single run, you don't want it to taste bad either. You know, like. Right. I would, yeah. I would just hate to have something shoved into my mouth after every run that I just absolutely hate. But the funny thing is, is so I was trying all these products. And then once I started offering them to my horses, and this has been years ago, but I really focus on their post-run care now. So I give their hydrate paste, which is electrolytes. I give the revamp, which is a muscle relaxer. Um, I give some gut checks. They will bite these syringes and, like, try to not let go of them when I give it to them. So I'm like, well, obviously they like it, like the taste of it, and they like it. So, So that's what I had a hard time for several years, finding something that my horse didn't absolutely hate me for putting in their mouth, you right. know. And right. so that's why I, I do truly love CEP. I'll always back them for they make products that a horse likes and that works. So hoorah, you know, for us to have to give them because I have several horses that were just miserable to even give warmer to anything that was a pace. 
And uh, since I started feeding CEP, they'll just bite on the end of that syringe and they won't hardly let go of it. So I got, I kind of trick them when I worm them and everything. Now I hold the smelly good stuff up to their face and then shoot the wormer in really fast. So, oh, and yeah, Bill, yeah. sorry, it's, it's I'm a sorry, dirty, but you it's have a to dirty take trick. It. It's a dirty trick that I do, but then I do. But it's beneficial. Problem. It's a bit. Exactly. It's beneficial to them. It's not exactly, exactly. You know. So, but they're okay with it after I give them a little a treat or a taste of the good right. stuff or whatever. So, my horses live for those dang muffins. So, uh, which I one? Gotta, huh? They have because we have. I sell these things called these. They're called German muffins. Oh yeah, treats. those are those. Those are the ones. Those are very, very, very good. Um, oh but you're right, they're though. I mean. If, if, if it's going to go into my body, you know, it's okay to go into my horse's body. So why wouldn't what's going to be in the purpose of going to a, in a horse's body be okay to go into a human body? You know, I mean, I, I can't blame you there at all. Actually. Yep. So, oh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take a little dabble of everything. So. <laughs> what do you, are you guys just going to stay with specifically equine dentistry? With, cause I know it's fudges services. So are you just going to stay with just, are you going to try to stay with just equine dentistry or are you guys going to end up kind of expanding out to offer other things? Maybe get into these therapies and stuff or what yes, kind of plans do. do you have? Yes. So we are hoping to kind of branch out and kind of add a few more therapies along the way. Um, yeah. Cause, cause you know, most of the people that he does, you know, that he does their horses teeth and stuff like that, a lot of these people compete too. So it's honestly kind of been pretty beneficial to them too, because we're always at the same races or the same rodeos as all, as a lot of his clients. Right. So they're able to call us, Hey, do you have your therapy blanket with you today? Oh, yep. I've got it. Can you throw it on my mare? We just stumbled or I want to run, have it on her before we run or whatever. So it's been awesome for us and for our clients because there's not a lot of people that offer those services in our area. Um, so we're hoping to kind of slowly start adding, just different types of therapy products um, just over these next few years. Kind of just branch out a little bit and just kind of keep growing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so we're just hoping to – because our main goal, like even him doing horses' teeth, is we want all the horses in our area to feel feel their best, look their best, just stuff – you know, just, just be the best horse that they could possibly be. Um, yeah. That's our main goal. So if we can also offer therapies, that will – help get us to that end goal for our horses, for our clients' horses, even for random people that we come across at a barrel race, then that's what we want. Because we, yeah. I hate walking by horses at a barrel race, and these horses just, they look poor, they don't feel good, you can see it, they, and they're just, but they're still trying their hearts out, you know? I'm yeah. Like, oh, man, I, so my goal is to be able to be the person that, if you have a horse that's sore, if you, if you need a horse's teeth done or you're just wanting to ask some questions about something, that they can come to us and they can ask and they can figure out some more information. Because I was wishing that there were people like that when I was younger. Yeah. Like someone that yeah. I could go up to and just ask, what would be best to do for this injury? What would be best to do for this weird, I don't know, weird step that my horse is taking? So that's why well, we're yeah, probably just the whole education part of it. Cause even with like teeth, it, you just made me think about something. We had an old, older mare. She was 30, 31 and she kept dropping weight. She kept dropping mm-hmm. weight. And we're chunking food. We're chunking food. Right. Nothing's happening. And we're like, you know, and this was kind of, I don't want to say back, back, back in the day, but, um, you know, there was not nowhere near as much hype with the equine right. history back then. Oh, cause yeah. the wasn't on. Come to find out. And now we've been, I've been, I, we've had horses our whole life. Okay, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you learn something new every day, right? 
yeah. we finally got ended up calling a vet out here. Um, mm-hmm. We're like, this is what's going on. We, I mean, what do we do? We didn't know that once they get to a certain age, their teeth are pretty much like not there. You can't float them anymore. So she had no teeth to grind down her food. So all the crap mm-hmm. we were feeding her wasn't getting grinded down, and she was just yep. basically spitting it out. Yeah. So, so that's when they taught us to put her on. Uh, we, you know, to put her put her on bran and alfalfa cubes and all that kind mm-hmm. of good stuff. We got her a, a mesh of a soup, and then she could <laughs> eat. She gained weight. But like, it's the perfect example of what you're saying. You know being there to educate some people that just don't even know what's going right. on. Like, hey, there's a lot of people that, for your horse. Yeah, we have, a, we have some people that, you know, they'll have those old retired good ones in the pasture. And, you know, we're, John Wayne is there, which is my husband. He's there. He's floating horses. He's doing whatever. And um, we just get to kind of talking, just chatting about, oh, yeah, you know, old horses, they, they a lot of times they still need worked on too because they do have expiring yeah. teeth, like what you were talking about. Um, but sometimes those ones that are still there, they do still kind of get sharp. So he, like, kind of will just be talking to them about them. And and so, that, you know, you can see kind of like the wheels turning in their mind. And they're like, you know, will you look at this horse while you're here? And he's like, yeah, yeah look at him. And, and so, you know, and he has a lot of times he's like, I can't, I can't add another horse today just as far as what the budget is. But if I know that they need done, I'll have you out here in a month or two months. Right? And I was like, that's fine, you know. I'm he, We're not out here to just break your pocket you know break your pocketbook but we're we're here because we want your horse to look better and we want you to do better in the arena you know and so he uh he, um, he goes and he'll look at a lot of those old ones he's like you know i could work on them blah 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 like they their teeth are very expired like they are they don't have a lot left and so just like you he'll tell them like let's make let's give them a nice little soup let's uh, turn it into a mash and let's let's start start helping them gain this weight back a little bit faster because once they don't have those teeth in the back to truly grind their food, they're not getting the nutrients. Even if you're pouring them 10 pounds of feed a day, they're not right. getting but a quarter of it. Because for a horse to get all of the nutrients out of the feed it's getting, it has to grind it. So that's what that's what we figured out. We have probably yeah. wasted a couple of months like sitting there yeah. pressing. Like, okay, yep. we're feeding this horse. What is going on? What is the problem? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, right. like I said, heard something new every day. We were like, no way. Cause, yeah. I mean, we haven't had a horse get up to at, at past 30 at that point. Right. Oh, our senior yeah. horse, you know, but. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of the same way as, um, like, we talk about it. It's so hard for people to figure out that teeth are the problem because you don't see them. You can't see them. You know, they're right. out of mind. Now, if your horse is limping, you can look down. Oh, they've got long toes. So I need right. to get them shod. You know, so people know, like, I got to keep my horses on a schedule to get shod. But that's what's so hard, even, like, to really make a living in equine dentistry, is teaching people the importance of it. Because people don't look at them every day. Right. You know? So that has been, that's been a challenge of people understanding the importance of dentistry health um, mm-hmm. and maintenance. Because, like I said, out of sight, out of mind, it's not something, it's not the first thing a lot of people think of, especially if you've never had it done before. True. So, so that's been really, really hard. But usually once you can get them to, so when my husband opens their mouth or like starts to really do an exam before he gets, gets started or anything, he'll ask, do you want to look at this real quick? And he'll really explain like, you see these sharp points, these lacerations on this horse's cheek or on their, their tongue and stuff like that. 
And once you get them to really look and see the before and after, they're like, oh, I understand why that's important now. I understand why my horse is shaking their head when I'm trying to turn them to the right, you know. So, Well, like you just said, out of sight, out of mind, if you don't, the fact that you guys are still there to kind of like, okay, look, let me break this down for you and, and right. educate you, you know, the customer on on what's doing this and what's doing that, then you're right. It is like that that aha moment, like, oh. Yep, exactly. Yep, and it's, it's crazy. You can literally, like, see it, like, when the light bulb comes on and they're like, oh, well, that makes total sense. Got it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that explains a lot of the issues I'm having. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why, that's why we're thankful that you're, you guys are here and you offer what you do to be able to, <laughs> to do that. Cause you know, I don't think people, people aren't out here going, okay, well, let's, let me be bad to my horse. Let me not get there. No, exactly. Let me do it. I think they people just don't want know to do the best by them. It's exactly. It's just, it's just truly not knowing, not right. not like, oh, this could step up my game four steps if I did this one thing, you know. And that's, that's my husband and I's main thing is we don't, honestly, we're right now we are not making a living off of horses, doing therapies, anything like that. We have other jobs. But yeah. if, if we can just teach one person about the importance, well, in the end, that helped us and it helped whatever horse we're help, you know, whatever horse we're talking yeah. about. So that's the main thing is I'm, I'm, I, I look mean, I sound mean a lot of times, but if a kid wants to come up to me and talk to me and ask me for advice, I'm the nicest person you could ever talk to, you know, and that's, that's just how I've always been. I've always really liked kids and I don't know if I want any for myself. I'll pass that responsibility on to others, but <laughs> like, I'm a great babysitter. I'm a great aunt. I can tell you that, like send them all my way as long as I can send them home at night. Not having to do that. Ain't nothing wrong. Nothing's wrong with that girl. I just turned 40 and kids are not. They've never been on my radar. No, no. So right now I'm like, I don't, I'll just keep being Auntie J and hang out with that. I'll I'll make sure my friend's kids have some nice horses. That's that's my main goal, you know. (laughs) But yeah, I, my main thing is I want to, I want the next generation whenever they're talking to people about horses. For, I want those old men, you know, because the old men talk to me right now and just like, you know, I never had to do that on my horse, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, there's a reason why your horse is three-legged crippled by the time they were 12. You know, and that's that's kind of me coming back with a little snuff. That's the old man. The, a lot, my, my grandpa's actually, he was kind of in the ranching world a little bit. He's always like, I didn't ever do that with my horse. I never got their teeth loaded. I never got them adjusted or massaged or blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you see the horses that you had back then and what the quality are now? There's a big difference. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a big difference of the horses we have now than what are in 20 years. So, this is true. It's yep. a combination of the evolving. Because it's yep. like, because it, it's, a, it's a touchy subject. Because I'm very much, I will sit with a, an old person and talk to them. And, and I'm very much old school in a lot of the things that oh, I yeah. do and say. Yeah. But, like what you just said, the world is still evolving. There's still new right. things to be right. learned and, and done and stuff. Yep. So you can't count that out or you're, you're hurting yourself if you do. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I love sitting down and talking to them about what worked 40 years ago. You know, absolutely right. love that. What they did, what what the, what horses were winners even back then. I love talking to people about, you know, the what 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 did you do to keep your horse winning, especially those guys that rodeoed really hard back then. Um, 
and girls, I say that, but really, and I love, I do love talking about that, but it makes me giggle whenever they throw out the, well, I never did that to my horse. <laughs> I'm like, well, listen here. <laughs> so it's not the same thing back then versus right. now. I think just even evolving as uh, us as people, as trainers, as jockeys, you know, riders, stuff like that. I mean, we're changing just as much as our horses are. Because when you when you get deeper into all these, you know, reproductive things that we have now, we're able to breed just about whatever we want into a horse. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of there's a lot. There's a lot of different things that we're going to have to do to make sure that those horses stay winners versus, you know, the old just tough son of a guns that were here 40 years ago. Well, and I think the life expectancy of a horse, it keeps growing probably because of the newer things that we're yeah. learning and doing to keep them longer. I mean, there's always going to be new things to learn and new things to explore and to figure out. And so, right. and the only way to do that comes with technology. You know, you can't just right. like what you said, or well, like breeding little girl, for example, like we, mm-hmm. she was, she was having twins. We couldn't, literally couldn't see it. You could not see the other horse. And back in the 90s, they, that was unheard of. We just didn't have to. Right. Right. We killed one of them. Right. And knock on wood, she, she still born had them. She had them and they were dead. And we just kind of like, okay, this is, we're, we're going to give up on this. This is too much. But right. now, if you have that type of situation today, you can, an ultrasound, like what you just said, you can go in and see all kinds of stuff. You can literally breed to a specific list, like what you just yep, said. Exactly. And we didn't get to this point without exploring new things and learning new things and things like exactly. that. So, and growing you are up right. where I mean, we were, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you have to appreciate the old school mentality, but you exactly. also have to, like, I, I understand what you're saying, you know, when you giggle at it a little bit, like, okay, well, ain't changed, ain't nothing you can do about it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I want, I, I kind of giggle sometimes, too. I'm like, well, we're still, we're not driving the crank Ford trucks anymore, either. Exactly. We're driving ones that I can go out there and start it, wait for the glow plugs to go off and start it, you know. So right. I'm not having to go out there and crank them and to get them started or whatever. So I, I kind of giggle with them about that. But, but yeah, I mean, I have really liked, and I do, it, another thing that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit is the horse world is actually a little bit behind the cattle industry in, in the reproductive side. Oh, really? Yes, which is just crazy to me. Um, yeah, I mean, like doing like the ICSI and stuff, which is where they pull an oocyte out of the mare and literally, I mean, they create a baby in a petri dish, you know? Yeah. They've been doing, yeah. they've been doing that in cattle for years. And see, yeah. I did not even know this. You just blew yeah. my mind. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what's crazy to me is even how far behind the horse world is to the cattle industry. So it is, it's something to like kind of shake your head. I don't know, shake your head, scratch your chin. I don't know, you know. So it's like, why? Why is my is my question is why are we so far behind? Whenever that technology has been here, that is that is a lot to make you kind of think because you know uh-huh. you're exactly the only reason why I would think is because you make money off of cattle, and you don't make money in the right. same sense off of horses. And I, and I think that I think that's the big I think that's the big kicker right there is. Cattle are literally made to make money off of. Yeah. 
horses are, you know, people use them as hobbies. People use them for fun. You know, and yeah. so, you know, people They're viewed people more as a pet. A cow a be, exactly. More as a exactly. Pet. Most people don't own a cow because they're like, I want to pet him every day. Right. I want to feed him for the rest of his life and look at him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do with a cow, but whatever. Right. <laughs> So. <laughs> that is a lot to shake your head, though, because I, well, I mean, I'm not in the, obviously, I've never been in the cow industry. I don't know yeah. anything about and it I'm at all, really so that's either. interesting. Yeah, yep, isn't it? So that's what's crazy is I, I don't know if the horse industry will ever catch up. I think the cows, for exactly what you said, they're, they're here to make money off of, you know? Yeah. People don't own them as pets. I mean, mm-hmm. you have those few farm between people, but most don't own them as pets. So... I bet you're right that that's why, you know, that it's a money game for them, and it always is. Now, you have, you can make some money in the horse world, but there's a lot more pets out there. Than right. It's definitely not looked at like, because, I mean, well, if you even say the word horse meat, it's like, I mean, people know that it exists. They know yeah. that it's there, but right. that's more of a foreign country type ordeal because we right. do look at them as pets. I mean, right. we're not, we don't really. They're, they're seen like dogs. If, you know, if you want to, they are, they're more like dogs. Right. Right. So, um, I don't even want to, want to think about it, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's crazy because you haven't really seen a bunch of hype of that. What did you, I'm going to say it wrong. It's ISIS or ISIS. Yeah. 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 With horses until the past couple of years. Exactly. Like it started really kind of blowing up these last few years, but yeah, they've been doing it in cattle for years and years and years like I mean and that's what was always crazy to me was you know I, I'm friends with a few people that do breed and raise really really nice cattle really nice cows or whatever and uh they do this for a living they do that for a living they breed you know show cattle or stuff like that so yeah they've been doing that for years and they're like are you guys just now thinking this is a big deal like, I'm confused I was like I didn't know that was a thing that is crazy because yeah. cows and horses kind of run hand in hand. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's the thing, like you, you'd think so, but nope, they're way ahead of us. <laughs> so maybe we should go sit down and talk to that cattle rancher a little more often. <laughs> we should talk to more cow people, actually. <laughs> Find out what exactly. they're doing, you know. Exactly. <laughs> because I had a conversation with a guy. He said it in perfect, clear terms. He goes, cows will make you money. Horses will not make you money unless you have yeah. got a saddle on their back. Very hard. And that's like. I actually saw a post a few days ago, I think, and um, I don't usually comment on a lot of posts that I don't agree, you know, that I don't agree with. I kind of just one that just scrolls on by. But this one guy was just, he had posted a horse, I guess, he used to own, and he had sold it for, like, dirt cheap two years ago or something like that. And the new owner had been riding him, and honestly, it looked like his resume had just grown, and the horse looked really, really good. It was about a four, I think, a five- or six-year-old now, something. So this guy had owned him for two years and had him priced for for I think three times the amount of what this this younger guy sold to him, sold him as, and he was just talking about how ridiculous the horse industry is and how he can't believe that the same horse is priced three times as high as what he sold it for and blah blah blah. And there were so many people agreeing with him, just like yeah, it's just ridiculous how expensive horses are. And you know I'm not usually one that ever comments on stuff like that. And I commented, I said, money coming into the horse industry is not a bad thing. Right. Like, right now, it's a seller's market, and that is yeah. awesome for the people that want to make money on horses. 
that is a good thing. Like we're bringing more attention, more money. The cash flow is increasing in the horse industry. That helps all of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if, if, this, if old Jim Bob down the road selling a horse for three times the amount it was worth four years ago, it's taken a lot to get it four years down the line, even as far as feeding it, keeping it looking good, keeping it feeling good, the training that goes into them in those that amount of years, you know. And of course, with the cost of everything going up, well, that means the price of the horse should have gone up. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. basic math. That's basic Exactly. Economics. Exactly. And so I was just kind of explaining this to these people on this post was like, this is, this is a positive thing for all of us because if any of yeah. us want to make money in the horse industry, there has to be a cash flow and it has to be high because, well, and the desire has to, like you just said, exactly. the desire has to be exactly. there because it's going to, it's going to come back down to normal at some point in time. It's been extremely right. high for a while, but like, but it's a good thing. Like you said, it is a, a good thing. And, like, and I'm the person like, I can't afford to go buy a horse in the market. It is right now. You know, like, right. so I understand being the little guy that can't go out and afford to buy this $100,000 horse or, you know, what these real true winners, I can't afford to go buy that. So I understand it's not like I wouldn't consider it a buyer's market right now, but it sure as heck is a seller's market. And if someone can afford yeah. to buy those horses, then go then and sell them. And that means that there's going to be more little guys that are becoming the big guys. Just yeah, as a business, because a lot of these uh-huh. people are running it as a business. Right. You have to. It's just uh-huh. like a car. Okay, well, I exactly. bought it for five hundred dollars. We're gonna sell it for fifteen hundred. Exactly. Exactly. Why is that a big deal? Exactly. That's so, what you're supposed you're to do. Like, the oil changes. You're putting new tires on it. You're rotating the tires. Like you may go buff it out at the car. The car, you know, or you have a detail, whatever. Well, that already. Yeah. Happens. You know. Yeah. So. Just like a horse, I mean, it takes a lot of money to keep a horse down. It takes a lot of money to feed one. You know, I mean, it's just, there's such, there's so much money pouring into the animal that now that, I mean, inflation, it's there, you know. So, yeah. we have to up our, and I see, and I don't really do it as a business because just like you, I get emotionally attached and then I just don't think I can get rid of any of them. So, I've sold very few horses in my life, and it has been to people that I really, really like and trust. So, right. so then I can really keep an eye on them, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you have to have that emotional, like, switch off. For, yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm with exactly. you. Me and you are the same. But, I did end up having 20 horses. <laughs> oh, my God. Me too. me too. And I'm like, oh, but now I can't. I have no money, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, <laughs> I, I just, and once I got done, like, typing out and explaining how it is a positive thing, even for, even for me, the person who doesn't really sell any horses, but I have an outside horse occasion that someone wants me to sell, or I go to these barrel races where those people with money are. Those are the ones that are sponsoring these big races. They're the ones. So if that cash flow is not in the barrel race and it's not in the horse world, there's not going to be a reason to go to these big barrel races because there's not going to be money to win. Right. right. You know, so yeah. that, that's my mindset is the fact that there is a good cash flow the market's high, there's money coming in all the time. That is awesome for us as horse people, as competitors. That is phenomenal. There's more opportunities for all of us. Now, do I wish it dropped back down and I think it will eventually? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because then maybe I can go snag one that didn't sell when it was high but was truly probably worth a little bit more. 
and then maybe I can be the, it can be it can be a buyer's market then and truly go go buy a, go go buy something but but right now I like having all that money in the in the industry right now because it does it benefits all of us and once I got done like explaining the true money side of it not the emotional like I sold the horse and now it's worth more part of it they you they they ended up answering back like oh that's a great way to explain it like thank you I can understand that now and I was like that's that's all it takes I mean, it takes, heck, it's worth well, more just the feed that was on them, you know. Because, you know, people, I think, like dogs can be the same thing, too, or pet animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. When you remove the emotion out of it and look at it strictly business and strictly, mm-hmm. strictly logical, and, you know, he didn't have a first right of refusal. It was all legit sale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, right. there you go. I mean, it is what it is. You sold it. They made money. It, it is what it is, you know. Yep. Don't have any but when you. But when you put in an emotional attachment to it, you know, like most people do with pet animals or animals in general, you know, and I get it. I do it. I get it. So I can't judge. But you look right. at it like, oh, no, you know, it changes yep. the way I think society looks at it. It's hard for them to see it strictly as business, whereas. Yep, it does. It does. Oh, and that's like, I've been the same way. I've seen, you know, one eye sell and then the, the person sounds like, oh, man. Like, you know, you do kind of get upset. You know, like, like, on the and but and that's like then I have to remind myself like so when it's when it's not your situation you're not in it you can see it from the outside right you know and that's why that's why whenever once I explained it and you know and it took me a good 15 minutes to type out this long comment on this post which I probably wasted my time because I don't know you know whatever no no I get it no (laughs) I give you props because sometimes I run across those things and I'm like you know what I'm going to say something and then I'm like no don't then I'm like no do but then I'm like no don't and sometimes yeah. you're just like you know what this is not worth it yeah. move on that's the thing it's like I think that might be the first one I've commented on in a long time and I'm just like you know I'm gonna comment on this don't know why I got some free time on my hands I guess I'll just <laughs> let me explain money real fast <laughs> why not yeah and so that was I thought it was funny and it was good whenever he, the, the kid was like that makes so much sense. Thank you. I was like, there you go. There no you go. problem. 